Hello and welcome to Bill Stern's Sports Newsreel from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Colgate presents Bill Stern with the Colgate Sports Newsreel. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shapery Man, is on the air. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shapery Man, with stories rare. Take his advice and you'll look keen. You'll get a shade that's smooth and clean. You'll be a Colgate Brushless fan. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Bill Stern with a 252nd edition of the Colgate Sports Newsreel. Our guest tonight is the most famous detective in the world, Ellery Queen. But first, real one. Profile of a guy named Joe. This is the story of a guy named Joe. Joe from Georgia was his nickname because, you see, Joe was from Georgia. He was born in Georgia back in 1879. Joe was a healthy, husky youngster who, by the time he was 12 years old, had won the junior wrestling championship of his little Georgia town. By the time Joe was 16, he'd won the wrestling championship of all Georgia. But Joe was growing up now. And since his mother wanted him to become a priest... He finally left his Georgia home to go to a larger city to study for the priesthood. For five years, Joe studied to be a priest. But in his fifth year, Joe became the victim of a dreaded disease. For seven long months, he lay between life and death. At last, however, he was well enough to leave his bed. But the disease had left its mark on him, for Joe's left arm was paralyzed. After his illness, Joe returned to school, but somehow it just wasn't the same. Where before he'd loved sports, now because of his health, he had to stay on the sidelines, and it hurt him, for he'd always prided himself on his athletic ability. He tried to overcome this by making new friends, but apparently he picked the wrong kind of friends. At least so the school thought. For it wasn't long before Joe was paying more attention to his new friends than he was to his studies. And so, one day, Joe was dismissed from school. And sadly, he returned to his home in Georgia, knowing that now he could never become a priest was a bitter blow to his mother. She'd so wanted Joe to be a priest. She could tell how much dismissal from school had hurt him. For a while, Joe was happy at home. But gradually, he became moody. Perhaps he brooded on his dismissal from school. Perhaps he realized what a disappointment he'd become to his mother. But whatever the reason, one day, Joe just disappeared. Nobody could understand it. His leaving became the big topic of conversation in the little Georgia town. At first, people thought Joe'd come back. 
But as the days turned into weeks and the weeks into months and finally the months into years, people forgot about Joe. Then, then rumors began to come back to that little Georgia town. Rumors of where Joe was. Some said he'd become a wrestler. Others said he was now a failure. Still others insisted he was in jail. But nobody knew for sure. Not even his mother. When people'd ask her, she'd sadly shake her head and say, I don't know where Joe is. But I do know that someday he'll come back to Georgia. As the years passed and no definite word was heard from Joe, people even forgot that he'd once been Georgia's wrestling champion, for new champions had come along to take his place. Fifteen years went by. Then, one day, just as mysteriously as Joe had disappeared from his home in Georgia, he suddenly came back. But now Joe was no longer an unknown boy. Now he was famous. People followed him wherever he went. And when Joe came back, everyone in Georgia knew why he'd been away and what he'd been doing during the 15 years he'd been gone. And now they understood why no one had heard from him. Now, Joe hadn't been a wrestler. And he certainly hadn't been a failure. Joe had been quietly organizing. Organizing a revolution. A revolution that would have cost Joe his life if the Georgia police had caught him. Had Joe had started a revolution. A revolution that was to free his country. You see, the Georgia we've been talking about is not the state of Georgia in the southern part of the United States. The Georgia we've been talking about is a state in the southern part of Russia. And that's the story. The story of a youngster who was once the wrestling champion of the Russian state of Georgia, but who's far better known today as the most powerful man in Russia... Joseph Stalin, profile of a guy named Joe. Real two, on the beach at Waikiki. That's where Buster Crab learned to swim, and that's where the sensational Olympic champion first practiced his smooth cutting speed in the water. In shaving, too, Buster Crab aims for smooth cutting speed. And he gets it, too, with Colgate Brushless Shave Cream. Here's what he writes Dear Bill. Thanks to you and your Colgate Brushless Shave Cream, I've now perfected my shaving style, and I'm sure I set an unofficial shaving record every morning. Why, I just spread on that Colgate Brushless straight from the jar, then over lightly with my razor, and I'm on the last lap. I always thought my beard had plenty of stamina, but it wilts when it meets up with Colgate Brushless. Thanks a million, Bill, for putting me in the swim with Colgate Brushless. Signed, Buster Kraft. Most men can't equal Buster Crab's swimming records, but any man can equal Buster Crab's shaving records, you bet. Colgate Brushless Shave Cream takes you through a fast, smooth, comfortable shave every time. Just spread that cool, rich cream on your face and commence shaving. Colgate Brushless tames tough whiskers. It stays moist and active, clear through your shave, and at the finish, it douse it off your face and razor. No goo or grease to gum up the works. Man, if you want a shave cream that's made especially for wiry whiskers and naturally dry, sensitive skin, then it's Colgate Brushless, the shave cream of champions for you. Try it. And if one trial doesn't make you say, this is it, just send the top of the carton to me. Bill Stern, care of Colgate, Jersey City, Zone 2, New Jersey. And I'll see that you get double your money back. Real three. Colgate's camera close-up of Ellery Queen. You've all read Ellery Queen's great mystery novels, and you've all heard Ellery Queen's radio programs over this same network. Now meet him in person. One of the most famous detectives in the world, Ellery Queen. Good evening, Bill. Good evening, Ellery. Have you ever solved any sports mysteries? Yes, several. In fact, I once solved a murder that involved five famous sports personalities. Were all five sports personalities suspected of the murder? They were, Bill. 
One was a girl swimming champion, another was a big league baseball pitcher, still another was a racing jockey, and the fourth was a prize fighter. Mm, but that's only four, Ellery. You said there were five people suspected of that murder. Who was the fifth? <laughs> well, if you must know, it was a sports commentator like yourself. Oh, fine. I suppose it was a sports commentator who was the murderer. No, no, it wasn't, but he almost got murdered himself. Serves him right for being a sports commentator. Tell me, Ellery, since I'm going to be a guest on your show tomorrow night to try and solve tomorrow night's mystery... You ever had any other sports figures as guests on your show? Yes, we have, Bill. We had Lieutenant Commander Jack Dempsey. Mm, Jack Dempsey, eh? How'd he do? He was KO'd by a clue. But I'll tell you who did do well on solving one of my mysteries. Mm, who was that? Gypsy Rose Lee. She just stripped the plot down to its bare facts. <laughs> she would. But there's one mystery, you know, Ellery, that even I can solve. What's that, Bill? I can tell you why Colgate Shave Cream is the best. Just try it and see for yourself. Thanks so much. Good luck and good night, Ellery Queen. Good night, Bill. Good night, Ellery. Real four. Portrait of a prize fighter's protege. This is the story of John L. Sullivan. Many people say John L. Sullivan was the greatest heavyweight champion this country's ever known, but let me begin this story at the beginning. John L. Sullivan came out of Boston, where by the sheer brute power of his own fists, he wrote boxing history as he battled his way to the heavyweight championship of America. After he won the heavyweight championship, he became the most famous man in America. In fact, at the height of his popularity, John L. Sullivan was so much in demand that he appeared on the stage in vaudeville. One day, during his vaudeville engagement, he stopped on the street to buy a newspaper from a ragged little newsboy. The newsboy immediately recognized the famous John L. Sullivan, for it was the newsboy who said... Gee, mister, you're the great John L. Sullivan, ain't you? <laughs> yes, I am, my lad. Listen, Mr. Sullivan, I never saw you fight, but I did see you in Vaudeville the other day. Would you do me a big favor? Well, sonny, it depends on what it is. Look, Mr. Sullivan, I know I'm only a newsboy, but I can sing, honest I can. Only nobody will give me a chance. Now, if you'd go to the manager of the theater where you're playing now, maybe if you asked him to, he'd listen to me sing and give me a job. John L. Sullivan liked the little newsboy, and he did take the youngster back to the theater with him. And the little newsboy really could sing. In fact, that little newsboy sang so well that John L. Sullivan hired that youngster himself to sing in his act. And so it was that a young newsboy went on the vaudeville stage with a great John L. Sullivan. After a while, though, John L. Sullivan's popularity began to wane. He lost his championship, and he stopped appearing in vaudeville. But what of the little newsboy that John L. Sullivan had started on the stage? Well, that little newsboy stayed on the stage. Stayed on the stage to become a great star in his own right. For that little newsboy was Gus Edwards. <laughs> Gus Edwards did become a really great star. The greatest star in vaudeville of some 30 long years ago. But he never forgot how he'd once been given his chance when he was an unknown youngster. And he promised to repay this debt by giving other youngsters the same chance he'd had. It was Gus Edwards who found just such a youngster and gave him the chance. The youngster was named George Jessel. And it was Gus Edwards who found another unknown youngster named Eddie Cantor. And it was Gus Edwards who found still another unknown youngster named... Walter Winchell. But Gus Edwards was only beginning. It was he who found Ray Bolger, Rosemary and Priscilla Lane, Mitzi Mayfair, Hildegard, and Joan Edwards. In fact, of all the stars Gus Edwards discovered, I think he's proudest of Joan Edwards.
You know her as the great singing star of the hit parade. But Gus Edwards knows her as his own flesh and blood. For she's his niece. She's in the studio right here with us now. Ladies and gentlemen, here she is. The lovely singing star of the hit parade, Miss Joan Edwards. Thank you, Bill. And thanks for the splendid tribute to my Uncle Gus Edwards. It's true, he did discover Eddie Cantor, George Jessel, Walter Winchell, and all the other stars you named, too. But in telling the story of the great Gus Edwards, there's one thing you forgot, Bill. You forgot that tonight is his birthday. And even though he's been sick, I know that he's listening beside his radio in California right now. Ah, gee, California may be a long way from Broadway, but believe me, back here on Broadway, a whole host of friends wish this grand showman many happy returns of the day and a very, very speedy recovery. Good night. Thank you, Joan Edwards. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the story. Story of Broadway. A story of how Gus Edwards discovered the greatest stars on Broadway. A story that wouldn't have been possible if it hadn't begun many years ago. With a prize fighter named John L. Sullivan. Fighter's protege. Real five. Charles McCarthy. You know, men, your face sits up and takes notice when you spread on Colgate Brushless, the shave cream of champions. Even if you've got a beard like the spines on a cactus, Colgate Brushless will take you through a clean, close shave. No snagging, no pulling, and no dry, drawn skin at the end. No after irritation. For Colgate Brushless shave cream was made for naturally dry, sensitive skin and wiry whiskers. It's a soothie and a smoothie. So take Bill Stern up on his offer. Get Colgate Brushless, the shave cream of champions tonight. And I hope your beard is plenty tough so you can really appreciate the marvelous shaving performance you get with Colgate Brushless. If it doesn't do all you expect, just send the carton top to Bill Stern, care of Colgate Jersey City's own to New Jersey for double your money back. And now, back to Bill Stern. Real six, Colgate's candid camera catches the story behind the story. New York City. The New York Sun is tonight featuring on its front page a sensational sports story. This story states that Lou Jenkins, the former lightweight champion now in France with our invasion forces, today publicly accused both Billy Kahn and Joe Lewis of shirking their duty. He says the only thing they're talking about is fighting each other. But never do you hear either one of them talking about fighting the war. Hollywood, California. The funniest remark yet about the Dorsey Hall fistfight was made today by a Broadway columnist. Miss Dorothy Kilgallen, writing about the fight, said, Since Tommy Dorsey hit John Hall, it's been suggested that Dorsey change his theme song to Swinging on a Star. And that's the 3-0 mark for tonight. Next Friday night, we'll be back same time, same stations with another edition of the Colgate Sports Newsreel. We're moving the entire show to the Windy City of Chicago for our next Friday night show. And in Chicago, as our guest, we'll have one of the most famous golfers of all times, Gene Sarazen. So be sure and be with us next Friday evening. At our usual time, when we come to you from Chicago with our special guest, the former national golf champion, Gene Sarazen. Until then, I'll be seeing you on the screen in the News of the Day newsreel at your favorite Lowe's or Associated Theaters. Now, until the same time next Friday night, this is Bill Stern wishing you all a good, good night. Bill Stern, the cold, the shape, your man is on his way. 
Till stern the cold became free man had lots to say. He tells you tales of sports he rolls the inside dope he really knows. So listen in next Friday night. C-O-L-G-A-T-E. This is the National Broadcasting Company.